Alright, everybody. Every button mash. It's that kind of a day on the set. Wow. It's a beer type of day. Yeah. It's a good day. Yeah. Freezing. Most most days are like this in the winter. Yeah, but none of us can hear it. I know, that's gonna be the funny part. It's like the won't 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 thing. But okay. Today is a a beer day. Kind wow. of day. I hope that's not so loud. No, I it's equal. Yeah, it's it's good. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Wedgie Podcast. I'm here with Tanner and with Caden. How are we doing? Good. Doing great. Yep. Awesome. Cool. Yes. Um, we got a new thing here on set with us today. Uh, we've got the Mizuno staff bag. Kind of a big announcement day for us, having Mizuno as the new official, uh, official sponsor of the podcast. Yes, it feels good. Those guys are awesome. Everybody that we've worked with there is fantastic. They continue to be fantastic. They are super cool to sponsor the podcast. We love working with them. They are super cool to send us that staff bag with our logo on it that we can use on the show and for other things. Incredibly nice of them. Thank you, Mizuno. Check them out. Follow them. They're the best, honestly. Yeah, and if you haven't heard, one of their players just barely won the most recent PJ Tour yeah, event. So. Murray. Just won They're killing the it Sony in Open. All, all areas right now. And he's playing. Uh, I was talking with uh, Conover Mizuno recently. He's one of the few players that plays everything from driver, iron, and uh, full T24 wedges. Mm-hmm. And so uh, not only did he have those wedges in the bag, but also won yep. um, being the number one on stroke gains from the bunker. Wow. So they, if you're looking for some good wedges, those they T24s seem to be working. are proven. So yeah, um, I've got a set of those. Uh, I just on put an way. order for, so we'll do another unboxing once we get those We've on got the way. some irons coming in, mm-hmm. wedges coming in. Correct. The bag is here. Bag is here. So we're having a lot of fun with those guys. Big man. fans. Yeah. I might have to get a driver coming in. I recently broke my driver. Tell us about it. Uh, honestly, I blame Delta, SkyWest, all the all the all the, airlines. Air, all the airlines. All the airlines. All the major airlines. <laughs> Great. Uh. No, I mean, that's like the only thing I can think of because I hit four or five shots to warm up when I went to play the other day, and then I just bent down with my arm on my uh, grip to tee it up, and it literally just popped off just right, right at the connection. Jeez. So, so we might be getting a driver in the mail here soon. We'll see. Yeah. Well, the ST Max, the STG, STX, STZ, there's, there's a lot of options for yeah. you from Mizuno. We'll, I'll just get one of each. We'll, we'll see. get one of each yeah. and we'll see what's possible. Ro- rotate them through. I br- if I break one of those, I got three more. It just. But yeah, again, like big, big ups. No, big thanks to those guys. <laughs> Shout out Bevo. Um, super excited to have it. Uh, love those guys. Yeah. So. And so, yeah, that's, we'll be seeing a lot more of this bag throughout the podcast, but I think today we can hop in today's episode. We've got an awesome guest joining us yes, for right. today. Friend and partner. Um, friend, business partner, and uh, we'll say idol, uh, Jesse McLean, coming to give us a little bit of a background on Scratch Golf Lab. which oh, Where we are. Yeah, if you've watched any of the podcast episodes recently, you've seen us here in the Trackman facility. It's due to the recent partnership that we've set up with Jesse and with kind of what he's yeah. building in this awesome community, awesome facility. And yeah, I think he'll, yeah. we'll let him tell us more about it. Throw it in with a beer, beer, beer. Send it over to Jesse. All right, one of the lesser-known things about having a podcast that we really love is the opportunity to bring on some of our favorite people and our best friends and even in some times business partners onto the podcast. And so today we've got Jesse, is it McLean or McLean? Uh, you can call me either. 
Because oh. I, I actually know... don't know. <laughs> <laughs> when I was born, they didn't give me like a phonetical explanation My, of how we pronounce it. Were you born it. in the 1600s? Yeah, well, <laughs> we, I always say McLean. Okay. Uh, and my parents say McLean. Other people say McLean. I'll respond to just about anything. Okay. okay. See, I used to go with McLean, and then my Siri, if I say call Jesse McLean, says Jesse McLean. Yeah. And well, that, that got me a little bit nervous. I, John, John McLean from Die Hard? Yes. So he pronounces it McLean. So I'm like, well, that guy's very well known. I'm gonna, sure. I'm gonna associate with him. Yep, it's so. a good guy to look up to. Yeah. Also, I, I don't know if I would trust Siri to tell me how that's to fair. Yeah. That's words fair. Or not. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, awesome, man. We uh, before we get into kind of the story of you and your background, how was Pebble Beach? Pebble was awesome. So um, it's a bucket list trip for sure, and it kind of got sprung on me last minute. But fortunately, I have a very flexible wife who said, "Go, go." Go yeah. do it. And, so, and to add context, he was supposed to be a guest last uh, week. Last week, yes. And uh, he hits us with a, "Hey guys, I won't be able to make it the day before," and we're all like, "What the heck?" And then he gives us his reasoning, and and you guys are golfers. Yeah, so you we were totally we'll on board. So, so he said, if I'm not mistaken, "Hey guys, sorry, I won't be able to make the podcast. I just got invited to an all expense paid trip." Yeah. Right. You can't say to no Pebble to Pebble Beach. Yeah. You can't say no. Yeah. So it was epic. Honestly, one of the coolest things about the Pebble trip was it was familiar, despite the fact that I've never been there before, because I've been playing Pebble on the track man, for <laughs> years. So like I would stand up to the tee box and I already knew like dog leg right, elevated green. So it was really cool just to have some level of familiarity with the course, despite the fact that I've never been there before. Yeah. But it was still like being there in person. It's unmatched. So, did you want to share with the audience what you shot at Pebble Beach? Uh, well, it depends on. Who, to some people, they'll be like, "Wow, that was a really great." So I shot at eighty-two, which for me, I was like over the moon excited about. Well, what, what were the conditions like? Because well, it's usually pretty. Pebble was pristine, and it was like fifty-five degrees and sunny. And oh, the, geez. the next two days were a little bit rough, <laughs> and I think I just quit keeping score on those days. That's okay. We yeah. have to talk yeah. about those. That's the smiley faces, frowny faces on yeah. the scorecard approach. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there. No, but it was I awesome. I so uh, this year has been like the year of bucket list trips. So I did Pebble uh, just last week, and then I did Bandon Dunes earlier in the year. And uh, very similar, but also very different. How do they compare? Pebble feels like a very uh, refined kind of country club type experience where there's beautiful manicured grounds and gorgeous homes all over the place. Bandon is very rural, very remote. You don't see another man-made structure anywhere on the course. Mm. Um, so it feels very natural and, uh, and authentic. Um, but the views on both courses are very comparable yeah. right there on the water so awesome Jeez. yeah that's awesome glad it went well glad you're here thank with you. us this week yes thank you for your patience <laughs> i understand um and so for the for the listeners and viewers that don't know dane mentioned before jesse's a, a friend business partner of ours owner and operator of scratch golf lab yeah right where yeah. we're sitting today one yes. of the five locations currently yeah what got you here? What got you to Scratch Golf Lab? Yeah, good question. Um, it was coming right out of COVID. Um, I first had an experience with TrackMan with a guy named Craig Sorensen out of Springville. Awesome guy. Um, and he, he had a TrackMan that he bought. And in order to justify the purchase to his wife, he's like, I'm going to have some friends pay me to have access to it nice. and kind of subsidize this <laughs> to kind of soften the blow. Smart. Um, so, uh, I, I first got an exposure to it. And, uh, as I went and experienced it, I thought, man, this is so awesome. It addresses so many of 
the impediments associated with golf of like seasonality and proximity and then also just privacy of like if you have a new golfer who's really self-conscious uh, this is just such a conducive environment to to come and practice and so uh, I experienced that in 2020, I think, and like the seed was planted in the back of my mind. And then in 2021, I started to really give it to thought and write out the business plan. And then 2022, I got, maybe it was like an early midlife crisis, cool. but I got crazy, quit my day job, uh, and jumped all in on this. And so just been going in fifth gear ever since. And so over the last year and a half, opened five locations and uh, learned a lot in the process, but I'm excited about the momentum of where things are going. And so uh, selfishly, I got into this and I wanted to do it because I had been stuck in my golf, uh, my golf performance shooting 80s to 90s mm -hmm. for like a decade. And I'm sure there's, I don't know if that's you. Yep. Oh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> And it was so frustrating, like you want to break through that window and shoot into the 70s, but I've just been so busy, like I've got a growing family and responsibilities, and I'm like, I never have time to go practice. And so um, I really wanted to jump into this for myself, but then also I want to teach my kids golf, and I want to have a hobby with them. And I think that there's just a lot of like-minded people like that. And so um, that was kind of the motivating factor. And it's been really cool and fulfilling to see the response of people who have, uh, who have adopted it and, and embraced it. So hopefully this is, uh, there's lots more to come from that regard. So that's the origin story. That's, that's pretty awesome. So as you were kind of going through and, you know, deciding, hey, I'm going to go into this, I'm going to go and do this. Obviously, Utah is an interesting location with yeah. these Trackman facilities where we have a lot around here yeah. you know it's it's unique in that way where i don't think a lot of other places have that but yeah. we've got you know in springville alone i know of three or four yeah um, and that's a relatively small town and so with that being said as you were saying hey i'm gonna enter into this space i'm gonna enter into a space that may be crowded may not be crowded yeah what what did you want to do to make it different how did you want to differentiate your product from others yeah and, and to be honest i think that it's a glass half full or glass half empty i actually look at the competitive landscape and i think it's a good thing because um there's the hardest part in any industry is consumer awareness and um the thing that i value and i appreciate about utah and the mass adoption of indoor simulators is that it creates an awareness to this new product offering in this space to where suddenly it is just a well-known entity of golf simulators. Whereas you go out of the state, it's a little lesser known. Mm. And I, and I uh, attribute that to in large measure to the fact that there are a lot of simulators. Uh, one of the things that we really try to do in order to kind of stick out from, from the rest of the space is just little things like uh, one fundamental aspect is that all of our facilities are private. So we're in this, big room and there's not a bay right next to us where we're hearing somebody else smash a driver or overhear their conversations and things like that. And so just this fundamental aspect of you have a place that's yours that you can come and play and practice. Uh, that has seemed to resonate really well with people. Having multiple locations with, uh, with a membership, a roaming membership to where you can go and play. Um, that's been another value proposition that people have really appreciated. And then we also, we, uh, we maybe don't take the path of least resistance. Um, I'll go find facilities and spaces where it may be a little bit harder to build out. 
maybe a little bit higher rent because it's in a maybe it's in a retail or an office space as compared to further out on the outside of town to where it's in an industrial complex. So um, one of the things that really I want this to be an extension of people's lives. I want this to be um, comfortable in proximity to them to where they can come and they can play and uh, and they get better. And so um, just little things that we try to do in order to differentiate a, a mobile app. I mean, we have everything integrated within an app from your membership profile to your tea times to your access control to the facility. Um, so we're, uh, we're kind of approaching it from uh, seeing the end from the beginning and putting the pieces in place so that we do all these things early on to provide a good experience. Yeah, one thing that I wanted to mention, Tanner actually said it earlier, is the perfect way to describe your bays are the IMAX of golf. <laughs> like, the first time we walked in this bay specifically, I mean, it's what? You say 17? Yeah, this is 17 and a half wide. And, and it's been an evolution, though, because some of the earlier ones that we built weren't as big and expansive. And so we've kind of refined the process and understanding what are the optimal width widths and depths and and heights and things like that and hit enough shank that you had to yeah, widen it a little yeah. bit <laughs> so this is the product uh the byproduct of just figuring out what works and what what hasn't through trial and error yeah i mean like i said the first time we walked in it was like the holy grail of <laughs> indoor golf and well, we, we were, were hooked and i mean we've been in we've worked with other simulators before and we've yeah. been around the space a little bit you know and we've been in multiple locations around the state and outside of it and the first time that we walked in this one specifically here in Mapleton, like that was the first thing that I noticed was like, wow, this thing is massive <laughs> because so I've brought a friend in here that had a previous membership with a different simulator. Mm -hmm. And I was telling you before we started taping that when he turned the corner right over there, he was like, whoa. And the first thing that caught his eye was the size. Oh, good. And then I've had another friend in here who has He's a taller guy, 6'6", six, six, hey. hates hitting driver and yeah. You, I can relate. Yeah, hates hitting drivers and simulators because he's taller and longer and that club's obviously long. He's hit projectors and screens and walls before. Yeah, yeah. And so he, when he comes here, he feels a lot freer. He's, he's working on hitting his driver in a simulator because he's got this mental thing because he's hit stuff yeah. before. Here he doesn't have that issue and he, and he really, really likes that. Yeah. So it's definitely different and it definitely catches your eye the first time that you walk in here. Yeah. Because it, it is a transition for golfers who are so accustomed to being outside where yeah. you don't have space constraints that you can have a mental block when you're swinging indoors just by the sound and the reverberation. And then if you've got close proximity to TVs or projectors. And so we wanted this to feel as natural as possible. And so in order to do that, you have to elongate some of the spaces and try to recreate that outside experience. Yeah. So. And I know for me too, like another one of the things that I love because I've been to, we're members here as well, the, the, the three of us, and um, come in here and, and used them before and brought friends, like I mentioned. And I absolutely love coming in here when there's jazz games. Oh, yeah. Personally. Yeah. Because I could throw it on this TV over here or this one, yeah. you know, whatever I want to do. The TV comes away from the wall, so you can kind of angle it towards here. Yeah. And even the TV angled away from the wall and pulled out a little bit is still not close enough. Yeah even remotely close to be hit by a club. That sounds like a challenge. No, it is no, not. It's not, <laughs> not but it's, it's such an open space and such set up in such a way where I've come in here and I've practiced by myself before and really dug into the numbers and played and, and progressed that way. Yeah. But it's also a space where I can bring some friends. We can play 
watch games and still have a good time on the entertainment side as well. It's really oh, set up in a way to be dual purpose in an effective way. Oh, good. In, in my opinion, I, that, I really appreciate that. That, that was the goal. So that's, yeah. uh, that's good to hear. That. Check that one off yeah. the list. <laughs> well, I love, and I, one thing that you kind of mentioned here, you know, is I think part of a, of a good part of this conversation is there's obviously the comparison between Trackman and Greengrass. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are like, when they come into these situations, they want to see, they want to compare it to their experience on the golf course. Yeah. What, what do you think, you know, your experience with Trackman and having so many people come through here and, and kind of deal with the brand and deal with this, how can it translate to actual golf? Yeah, it's a good question. One thing that I preach is that we are not a substitute to green grass golf. Um, we are a supplement. That when you are out on the course, uh, whether it's Gladstone or Hobble Creek or whatever it may be, you want to play good golf. You want to get your money's worth. You want to enjoy the experience, spend time with your buddies, and you want to play good golf. But um, golfers are notorious for not putting in the work yeah. or not putting in the, like, the strategic work as far as better understanding, like what's my attack angle? What are my spin rates? And how do I make all these changes? Like they go out to the driving range and they just hit balls and they don't understand any of these numbers. So really what we try to do is to help prepare you so that when you go out on green grass, you have a better experience. There is nothing better than being out on a crisp morning, the sun coming up, there's dew on the ground, you're there with your boys, you're so excited to play the round, and then you go play, you like shoot the score of your life, there is nothing better than that. And we're not trying to recreate that here. All we're trying to do is to help you so that when that time comes for you to go play, you're more prepared, you understand the mechanics of your swing, the yardages of your irons and your drives, and so that you can go out there and, uh, and go out with confidence. So that's really what we're trying to do. We're trying to be a supplement and not a substitute. Yeah, and, and I think that is like the coolest thing about Scratch. And I was talking to my cousin about this just the other day because we, our whole family, Tanner and I's whole family are golfers and we've been playing golf since we were kids. And I was expressing to him the frustration of like, dude, I hate when I get to the end of the season and, uh, it's taken me the whole entire season to remember all those little like swing cues and yeah. thoughts that I like had the season before. And then it, it isn't till October that I finally figure it out and I get one more round in and then the season's over. Yeah. And so having an area like this to be able to, to keep those cues in your head or at least, you know, practice those movements is huge for golfers, especially in places like Utah where for, you know, four five, six months out of the year, sometimes yeah. it's unavailable. Yeah. So, well, and that's yeah. something that I think it's a little bit of a, that's what separates the amateur golfer from the pro golfer Yeah, is the attention to detail and the attention to paying, you know, to caring about things like yeah. spin rate, launch angle. Um, we had the opportunity in October to be out at Sea Island with Mizuno and with all of their uh, tour athletes. And, you know, it's really interesting now that we're back and we're editing those videos and I'm listening to, you know, Keith Mitchell and all these different guys as they're hitting the driver their focus is, you know, they're testing new drivers is where is that going to put my spin rate? Is that going to yeah. get it more to my target spin rate? Am I changing my attack angle? And, you know, they're setting up these clubs and that, that attention to detail, obviously you got to have a certain level of yeah. ability to, yeah. to get benefit out of that. But I think a lot of golfers could benefit from knowing those little minute details of their game more than others. Um, yeah. I've told you the story before of 
Um, after coming here, I was eating lunch not too far from here at a, at a Mexican restaurant down the road. And our server heard us talking about it. And he was t- explaining to us, he was saying, he's been wanting to get, you know, he's a big golfer, plays in the men's league, all this kind of stuff. But he wants to get a membership because he believes that 15 minutes at one of these yeah. is going to do way more for your game than an hour at the range, even two hours at the range, because all that data and all that feedback gets you to where you want to go so much yeah. quicker. Well, and it's not even the feedback. It's, uh, I grew up playing basketball and it's muscle memory too. Like how many hours I spent as a kid at the free throw line, at the free throw line, just practicing free throws and getting that muscle memory. Whereas golfers, like they won't do anything Monday through Friday and then they'll show up on a on the course Saturday morning, having not swung the club at all, and then somehow expect scores to be dramatically different than they were the week prior. And so, just by virtue of swinging a club, over time you just start to refine and uh, and get into emotion, and you also start to build endurance. One of the things I saw when I was at Pebble was swing fatigue. Like I just hadn't swung a club enough for three days of golf, and over time, like. My body just started to get tired and my mechanics started to fall apart. And Should get you a membership. I know. <laughs> I need to spend more time golfing <laughs> in here and less time actually like running the business. But that's just another case in point. For sure. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing is, you know, yeah, the muscle memory of all that. You watch some of these golfers, you know, Bubba Watson's known for having a very unique swing. Yeah. And obviously, you know, it may not be your golf coach's quote unquote, perfect swing. But I think why he's so good and why he's so effective with that is he has that swing down to a consistency level beyond what any of us could ever imagine, you know, and and even though it's not stereotypical, it's, it works and it's consistent. Mm -hmm. He's getting the numbers that he wants. He's hitting the numbers he wants and he's has exactly, he's getting the, the details out of it. And I think that's something that a lot of golfers could have is it's, it might not be your swing is the issue. It's what swing are you showing up with that day Mm -hmm. and taking a time to, and that's the issue. Like Caden was saying is, yeah, we, people could be listening to this and saying, well, then that's why I go to the driving range. Well, what are you going to do at the driving range? How do you know you're consistent? Yeah. Yeah. If you're not able to watch yourself. At the the driving range, you don't know what your angle of attack is. You don't know what your club to path is. You don't know what your spin rates are like. You don't even know what your yardages are. No, no. you Like the gap between those flags. Yeah. It's like, oh, I just hit an eight iron. That was somewhere between 150 and 200. Yeah. And so understanding your yardages per club are also like, it's just. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing too is like, how many of you guys end the season with a slice and then start the new season with a hook? <laughs> well, that's been my year this year is you, like almost my whole life growing up. My miss with my driver was like. We'll call it an aggressive fade, okay? <laughs> not a slice. An no, aggressive of fade. course not. But in That's a, maybe a little right more aggressive of a fade than I was looking for. Yeah. Um, when I, at the start of this year, I was aggressively drawing the ball when I miss, <laughs> which I've never done before. Yeah. And then what I've honestly realized here is one of the things that I was working on heavily last year was straightening out my club path a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I tend to come a little steep mm-hmm. naturally which would obviously fade the ball or slice the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and so was really working on getting that out inside to out club path, right? What I've noticed from the numbers here that I didn't realize before is I've om- with the driver specifically, I've overcorrected that a little too much. Mm-hmm. And I'm coming a little too far positive now with it, which in turn is drawing the ball or hooking it if it's hit poorly, right? Yeah. 
didn't really know that until I came in here and started looking at those numbers and I saw the consistency in that swing path. I'm like, oh, interesting. I'm too much that way with this club now. Yeah. I don't get that from just going to the driving range. I can see the, the, the path of the ball, yeah. but that's about it. Yeah. Yep. So you've mentioned there that you want this to be a supplement. You want this to be a supplement to someone's everyday golf game, their yeah. green grass. What does that look like in the summer months? Yeah, it's a good question. Obviously, I th so in winter months, we see people come and they're playing virtual courses because they are just, they're unable to go and access green grass. Um, and then in summer months, what we see is a lot uh, higher adoption rate of actual like swing analysis and range sessions as compared to um, virtual courses. And so in the summer months, we see people who are coming to get ready for a trip or putting in, they went and played nine holes in the morning. They're a little disgruntled. They wanna go figure <laughs> out what, what happened. And so they wanna come understand kind of the mechanics and the nuances. And so it seems to be very, way more analytical in summer months because people are really wanting to dial in. Winter months, we see a higher adoption of virtual courses and, and some of the entertainment components. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. And, you know, probably the last question that I have for you in regards to scratch is you're talking about people playing courses in the wintertime versus people coming in the summer and really getting into the nitty gritty. And we've talked a lot about that. What plans or what are you doing currently to aid people in understanding that data, yeah. fixing what's going wrong? Because, and I'm guilty of this too, I can come in and try to work on something and I'm maybe not doing it properly. Yeah. What aids are here either now or in the future that people can use as a member of Scratch Golf Lab to continue to improve their game? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that, good question. Um, so one of the things that we've seen is you can come in here and swing a club and look at the data, but if you don't know like what that represents or how to fix it, then it's really kind of pointless. And so we've made a big push over the last couple months and we'll continue to do that is to bring in certified instructors like PGA accredited instructors to come and help you understand what these numbers mean, how to make some adjustments associated with the mechanics of your swing so that you can have a little bit more direction as you practice um, and really start to accelerate the rate of improvement. And so we've got great coach like Julie Erickson, who's the UVU women's golf coach. She lives here in Mapleton. She's been a great resource. Her, uh, also her girls on her team have, uh, have expressed interest in wanting to help. Uh, Aspen Mooseman, who is a local here, she's the assistant pro at Alpine Country Club. Um, she's a PGA accredited instructor. Uh, Drew uh, Scrivener, who's up in the Salt Lake area, he's TPI certified. So like we're starting to, to put the pieces in place so that as people come, they can get clear direction on how to accelerate that rate instead of just kind of being in here trying to figure it out themselves. Oh, that's well, huge. And the coolest thing about that, right, which we'll be rolling out somewhat soon, is like you could do it all through the app. Right? Yeah. Like if you're if you're playing out on an actual course and you're having a hard time, you can book right there in the app any of the locations and come get an hour lesson. Yeah. Well, and also what we've seen is like an hour with somebody who can give clear instruction and direction can set can set you up for like a couple of weeks to just come in here yeah. and work on those drills by yourself. Totally. Like you don't need to go book 20 hours worth of instruction. Even one hour with somebody who knows what they're doing can give you a, a good clear path forward on what you should work on over the next couple of weeks when you're here by yourself. Yeah. That's actually funny. You mentioned that and there's a uh, guest on the podcast a few weeks ago, Adam Witt. We were talking to him. He's a PGA instructor, does all this stuff with, 
with some locals uh, here as well. I talked to him about the same thing where we were playing in a simulator. He looked at my swing, gave me three points, and mm. it fixed about every issue I was having at the time. <laughs> of course, I went and found a way to make more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, what he kind of told me at that instance was he said, that's how a lot of his lessons will go is it's, it's not let me spend an hour giving instruction. Yeah. It's let me spend five minutes yeah. showing you what you're doing wrong and letting you have 55 minutes to get that consistency, that muscle memory, and build that back into your game. And that's what I think people are missing, is they're missing that feedback and that data. Yeah. And so like Caden mentioned, you know, having that in the app, having that as a resource here, as a member of Scratch Golf Lab is, is a really big key point. Yeah. And I think that comes down to what we're trying to build here, which is, which is this community. Yeah. It's a community of the type of people who, if I go play nine holes, have an awful round, the response is going to be, I need to come in. I need to work on that. I want to get the numbers. I want to find out what I did wrong and try and perfect it and pursue that greatness. Mm -hmm. And not the kind of guys who, you know, you see the memes of on Instagram where they're throwing their clubs into a dumpster <laughs> after shooting a 120. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of where the difference, I think, between someone who's a member here and someone who's just playing at a local community might be, where it's they're looking for opportunities to get better and to yeah. perfect the game. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and to add to that, I mean, there's kind of this concept we've talked about a lot, and I'd like for you to explain it as, as well as you can, but kind of this idea of a virtual country club. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good question. I, it's, a, it's a balance that you have to strike between um, the fact that you're here by yourself, but yeah. then you're also part of a community. Yep. Um, and so uh, one of the things that we try to do is when you're here to practice, you, you don't want to be with a million other people. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you're in the lab yeah. uh, and you're working on things. But outside of that, we want to foster an environment to where people feel like they're with other like-minded individuals who are trying to achieve the same thing. And so we're, uh, we're working on stuff to extend the experience outside onto green grass to where we have tournaments for scratch members and mm -hmm. guests and things like that. Or we do, uh, we'll also do tournaments in indoors with the indoor league to where people can compete against one another. And, uh, and so just because you're here on a one-on-one, -on -one, uh, or just a one-to-one -a -one ratio working on things by yourself doesn't mean that you're like isolated right. in, a, in a silo. And so to build this community, we have to one, create the community and then number two, continue to foster and, uh, and create this cohesion uh, amongst one another. So that's, that's, that's the end goal. Cool. Well, and I think that goes back to one of the things that really got us excited and made us want to really get involved with what you were building here was when we were in an early conversation, you mentioned that scratch golf lab is not a indoor golf membership, but it's yeah. a golf membership. Yeah. It's a general golf membership that, yeah, the primary product's going to be the indoor game and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But there's also a lot of opportunities to integrate with coaching and with green grass and with yeah. courses and tournaments and things like that, both indoor and outdoor that being a member here will give you access to. Yeah. Cause to be honest, one of the big concerns I know that we see a lot of times is people not finding value in these memberships in the summer months. Yeah. They, they see it in the winter because they have no other option, but when those courses open up, yeah. you're going to have a harder time getting them in here. Yeah. And that's the kind of a thing where it's like creating a community in an effort where keeping that membership year round is exciting and interesting because people want to keep getting those benefits. It's necessary. And yeah. it's necessary to yeah. improving. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. And, and we want, we want to build good relationships with green grass courses. I, this goes back to um, the saying earlier of like, we're a supplement, not a substitute. Like yeah. 
I want to have good relationships with the men's league and the men and the, mm-hmm. and the, um, the club pro and things like that. And I want to send my members to their facilities and vice versa. And I think that overall, as you do that, then all ships rise with the tide. And I think that what we really want to do is just create that community and that environment to where we're golfers. Yep. And part of the time we're indoor, part of the time we're outdoor, but overall we're in this network of like-minded individuals who are trying to achieve the same thing. Yeah, I think that's huge. And last question for you is, if somebody's watching this or listening to this, they're getting kind of excited or maybe seeing this would aid me in my game and that's something that's, you know, I want to do. How can they sign up? What what should they do? What are the next steps somebody can take in order to join the community and come here and be with us? Uh, Good question. I would say uh, go to the website, scratchgolflab.co or um, download the app. So we have an app on Google Play and also the app Apple App Store. And so from there, you can enroll in a membership. And all of the memberships are super flexible, month to month. If you want to enroll in one membership for this month because you're playing a ton and next month you're not going to play as much, then you can downgrade or upgrade. And so we really built this around the type of person um, that wants the flexibility. Um, and so, yeah, go to the website, scratchgolflab.co, and you can b- better understand and get a feel for facilities and the locations and also the product offering and then also the membership plans and then from there you can enroll in a membership and come play we'd love to have you great well thanks so much for being here with us today thanks for you know getting this place set up so we can (laughs) have a place to to entertain guests and entertain people and entertain ourselves too oh yeah so thanks jesse let's play golf let's do it (laughs)